Welcome to the Branding with Video podcast, your one-stop shop to take your brand to the next level. If you're ready to learn the best tips and tricks in the industry to dominate your brand and become legendary, you've come to the right place. So strap in, listen up, and let's do this. Dylan had me on his podcast recently. I'm super pumped for this. We, we decided to come back together because we're both growing businesses, both struggling entrepreneurs, and we know all of you listening have these struggles as well. So we're going to chat through struggles it struggles growing our business today um it's just sometimes it's hard sometimes it feels lonely sometimes you just i mean honestly you want to give up sometimes at least i i have but you keep going and having a friend you know having you know you dylan helps me a lot and so hopefully you guys listening this helps you but um i don't know what's what's going on in your business right now what what struggles are you having yeah it's funny like do you spend much time on Twitter? I don't. I had a Twitter account and then the whole every, you know, Elon thing went and Ali's like, oh, they're selling people. I was like, I don't use it anyway. I'll just get rid of it, whatever. And then I went back to reinstate it. And it's like, oh, you've been too long. I was like, dang it. <laughs> I had that account for a while. That was a dumb choice, but no, <laughs> no, I don't. Yeah. I like, I kind of like go in phases with Twitter. Sometimes I'll like hop in there, hop out. And, yeah. uh, and when I go on there, whatever, like their algorithm's getting better and like their for you page is like showing things that they think you might be interested in. And so I get like a lot of entrepreneurship content, but so much of it is just so much of the wins, you know, like so much of like what's happening that's good. Um, mm -hmm. And and so it's cool to talk about like the struggles because both you and I are optimistic. We're very forward thinking. We're driven. And I don't know about you, but sometimes it's like harder for me to talk about the struggles just because it's like, oh, but we can overcome this, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and so like, I just like the idea of talking about that. Um, so for me, like lately with this whole AI craze, ChatGPT, every like day there's new AI tools popping up. Um, it's been such a balance and I've been like in the AI focused on it. Like I used AI to create my name, digital podcaster two years ago. Um, and like been a fan of the tools heavily into it and kind of like seeing things coming, but finding the balance between like shiny new objects and not getting caught up in the, the craze of like, Oh, there's this tool that's going to replace me and realizing that there's like still a valuable need for what I have to offer. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, it really yeah. does. So AI is something I've dabbled in a little bit. And you have, from my perspective, because I'm very much not using it much, you have two camps of, I don't want to say people that are afraid of it, but people that understand the power of it and are like, hey, this needs a little bit more, you know, structure before I feel comfortable with it kind of just free roaming. You have Elon Musk saying it needs to be destroyed. You have like, I listened to Andy Frisella on um oh podcast yesterday can't remember dan or manny danny oh, miranda I can't remember his name yes thank you yeah um but he he talked about he's like i i won't use ai period he's like either i'm gonna be wrong and it's gonna destroy me or i'll be right and people will support businesses that are actually run by people um and danny said that he's seen some ai content lately it was okay but it was missing soul is the word that he used and i was like that's a good way to put it like you can have all the information in the world, but what makes you unique is your soul, is is your personality. And then you have people on the other end where it's like, oh, I'm going to use AI. It's going to replace all these things. And it can do a lot of good. You can make a lot of money. It can really automate a lot of things. Some of those things I feel like don't need any soul and they should just be automated. It should be simple. Other things I feel like if you pull the soul out, I mean, for us, we're creatives and 
that makes things feel really sterile. And I don't like the feeling of that. And so I feel like it's just, there's a large range right now for me, maybe coming up with ideas, maybe like titles, maybe SEO, things like that. The problem even there though, is when people start using a tool that's repetitively giving you something not similar, but it's programmed in a specific way is you're not going to stand out anymore. It's going to lack that soul even in the data because it's not coming from you anymore. And so I don't know, I'm very torn on if I should use it or not. And it is kind of a shiny object where it, it, it really could help you. It could be that long, shiny lever that moves the boulder. Like it really could help, but it also really could just be the thing that takes away time from the one or two boring things that you really don't want to do, but you know are actually going to grow your business, which I have a few of those and I hate doing them, but they work. <laughs> so I just need to just need to do them and not focus on the new tool sometimes. Yeah. And I think for, or speak for myself, like for, as an entrepreneur, like it's so easy to, to want to look at like what's coming. Cause like creativity is like pushing the boundaries of something that like we haven't done before or spinning new ideas. Right. And so it's like looking for, you know, ways to either enhance that or, or make the process easier or the uncomfortable parts of creativity, like making something that you've never done before. And with like AI tools, I look at it like there's certain, yeah, like you said, there's certain things that's interesting about Andy Frizella. Frizella, did I say that right? Frizella? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. You said, you didn't say Danny Miranda, right? And then I'm like, Andy, Andy Frizella, yeah. you, Andy <laughs> Miranda, um, <laughs> like the one person, the super podcaster. Um, <laughs> but like, you know, from a podcast perspective, it makes, you know, I don't see AI replacing, like there's certain things that I've like, been able to have like my pulse on that I'm like pretty confident on and it's mostly because like I really dedicate a lot of thinking and time to this and AI in particular is one of those things like I really do feel like on the cutting edge of it and so many people don't know about it yet and it's like growing exponentially so things are progressing faster and faster so like on the video editing side like when we talk about like struggles or something with content clips it's like we chop up clips of videos of podcasts um, webinars, like live events that people do. Um, and then we package them up in clips, but now there's like AI tools out there that, you know, basically I think what they do is like transcribe your podcast, I'm guessing, or whatever, like your YouTube link, but then it uses like ChatGPT to pull out the best parts. And then it like ranks how likely it is to go like viral on a platform. It adds subtitles, emojis, things like that. And so for like, a good month or so I was kind of going through a little bit of like a, uh, existential crisis, if you will. Uh, like, okay, like what makes a good product, a great product, an excellent product? Where's my place in this? Is this needed? Is this just going to be outdated? And like, is it already outdated because there's already these apps popping up and like, so it was like been this struggle for the last month of like, what, what do I even need to do? You know, it could be just so easy. But then I kind of like think about even Canva, for example, Canva disrupted graphic designers, you know, before I had a client that before they, before we had Canva, they were paying like a graphic designer thousands and thousands of dollars. Like I think at one point up to you know $10,000 a month um, in their graphic design services. And then Canva came out and it was like a $12 subscription was able to do a lot of the things and basically transitioned out that graphic designer in a matter of months and 
you know, that's a simple tool like that. But now there's still, now there's a whole new market for people that, you know, like Roger Coles, I've had him on my podcast and he's like a Canva ambassador and he makes like templates. He has a lucrative business working exclusively in Canva, a tool that anyone could access for free. And now they have all these AI tools in there, but he still has a lucrative business making things more custom. So like it's been this kind of thing for me of like trying to just remember and like lean into like, wait, there's like still, it's just like anything, right? Like reading a book about business or entrepreneurship or podcasting and then being like, well, you know, it's like this imposter syndrome thing. I don't know. What do you think is my therapist? As a therapist, <laughs> I have all the thoughts. <laughs> um, no, I think a couple of things popped up when you were talking through that. And when I do things like even thinking back to when I was young, like I, I always looked up to people that were really successful. And so one of the first podcasts I listened to was Tim Ferriss. What I was really fascinated with was how he did things, how he broke down world class performers. I didn't so care so much about like the world-class performer. I thought he was world-class at breaking down world-class performance. Like I want to be like him when I grow up. I want to be, because my brain does that. The research portion, like my, like before I bring people on my podcast, when, you know, if I'm really excited about it, if they're a bigger name, uh, 30, 40 hours worth of research. Like I just, my brain has to understand things that I, I'm interested in. And so when I'm going through that, it's like that. I mean, he is the best in the world that I know of at what he does. And so I want to be the best in the world at the thing that I do. And there is this, I mean, uh, there's a scale essentially like spectrum. You can be the cheapest or you can be the best or you can be lost in the middle. Like there's, it, it, what do you want? And I, since our last episode we did, I think I've had three or four AI podcast companies reach out to me like hey we'd love to do this and i actually had one that was smart and do they do how i do outreach they did it and they they didn't wait for me to respond they just sent me a clip they said hey here's a clip for you which is smart like you're doing a little bit of work up front and i can see whether or not you're worth talking to probably i'm gonna use this word soul even more i think now that we're having this conversation but the video just lacked soul like it was it was really good it was starting to go somewhere and then it just died. And I was like, where's you, you cut it off right before the best part. Like it literally has no purpose because you cut off the best part. And I think AI tools will get better that way. But two things there, one as the creator, if you don't have fire in there, you're not going to have good <laughs> clips. And the thing with a per, like, did you want the cheapest? Like maybe that clip's okay for you. You just want to pump out five out of 10 content. Great. Maybe the tools get better. You want to pump out seven out of 10 content, but what the best are going to offer, what hand craft, I mean, I buy shoes that are, I mean, un handmade, they are handmade. They're not handmade like one-on-one, -on -one, but like Allen Edmonds are the shoes I have. They're four or $500 a pair. That's what I have to do for dress shoes because my feet are really wide and that's a whole separate issue. But the thing is, they're some of the best. They're exactly what I need and I'm willing to pay a lot more to get that. There's always going to be a top 5%, 2%, whatever it is percent that want the best and they're going to be the ones at the top. And so if you master your craft and you become the best at operating for them and like you can take a five out of 10 clip, make sure that it has the actual <laughs> good part in it. And then you're like, uh, energy's not up. Add a little music. Uh, we need a little sound design. Uh, those grab like you are, this is an art. AI can create art, but the reason so many artists have thrived over centuries is it's 
the soul. It's what emotion evoked this piece of art. Why are you saying the things you're saying the way you are? Why did you paint that the way you did? My wife loves Joshua Radin. Not the music I listen to. Like I listened to, I I probably wouldn't go to the concerts of the music I listen to because of the people. <laughs> but I like the the screaming, like 180 beats per minute, just like fast paced, like drive you insane. But it's like my zen. Yeah. Uh, like who's some bands you're listening to? I love uh, our last night. They do a lot of covers, so they'll take popular mm. songs and like. And that's kind of like the more relaxed stuff. A day to remember is a good one. They're softer, mm. but my softer, not most. That's softer, softer. yeah. <laughs> that's yeah, that, that's the that's the calm music. Oh, well, um, I would never go to a Joshua Raiden concert, but she wanted to, so we went. There's a band there called Towers, um, T O W R S, and definitely not music I would ever listen to. Like very, it's okay. But they told stories. They told the story of why they wrote the song before they played it, and it drew me in so much. I've probably listened to their album of. 15 times since we've seen them and not music I would ever, ever listen to, but it draws me in because of the story behind each song. Um, and it becomes a nine out of 10 song for me. Whereas before it was probably a three out of 10 because the soul that's in it. And so when you're looking at some of these tools that maybe they could replace you, maybe they could do everything the same way that you do, but there's always going to be those little touches that put your work above what an AI tool can do. And there's a market for those people. Like I work with the best podcasters on YouTube in the world. It makes my market small, but there's nobody else at this level. And that's that makes my pool big enough, even though it's, I mean, relatively small compared to the other markets. I'm not lost in the middle. And I'm not trying to compete and be the cheapest. I don't want crazy volume. It's a craft. And so you, you have to decide where you want to be, but these tools can't replace can't replace your soul totally totally and yeah and i well i think like part of the things i like obsessing over have you heard the mo- book e-, e myth revisited yeah yeah that was actually yeah. i took a i was doing an entrepreneurship degree at one point and that was like the curriculum was that in that book <laughs> nice it's a great book uh, right yeah it really is yeah. yeah um so they like the the three areas right the entrepreneur the manager and the technician and mm-hmm. most people start out like do when they make a business they start doing what they love and they try they inevitably stay in the technician role thinking like i started this because i love doing it um, but mm-hmm. that's not what's going to grow the company because you can't scale uh, you doing everything you know so i'm always thinking of like with content clips like how can i scale this how can i make it better how can i improve things and part of that like being in that entrepreneur seat for me, it's been interesting of like casting a vision and like seeing what's not there yet. You know, that mm-hmm. creative, like where can things go? Because I don't want to just create like another thing, like another clip company. And yeah, you can like, I like do things, but I always want to make it better, you know? And it's like that constant, like, how can we improve this and look at where things are going, just seeing it. And I'm like, we're living in exciting times, um, things that, you know, like things that we've never seen before. (laughs) And, you know, I'm not like, oh, AI is going to totally disrupt everything. But in a way, it kind of already has with ChatGPT being the fastest growing product ever in the history of any product. Um, So, you know, like things are growing faster than they ever have. Freaks people out. I get it. And as an entrepreneur, like also seeing other entrepreneurs, kind of like freak out as well and start adding in AI stuff to all of the things they're doing, like whether it's mm-hmm. courses that they're making, 
I've seen a couple people that have been in the like entrepreneurship business kind of space for years, longer than I have been in this space. I was probably in middle school when these people had started and they're like including AI and they're like, I see the spin, they're adding on it and it's like, wow, they're, they feel a level of threat and you can, I can just tell through their marketing that, you know, you need to hop on this AI stuff. And it's like, I mean, from the outside looking in, I'm like, are they just saying that because it's a buzzword, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's it's just like, I guess it's a lot of of movement going on. And it's, it's, uh, it's interesting to watch, you know? One of the things that Andy said on the podcast that I thought was interesting is like the cool thing now for the younger generation is to not have an Instagram account, not spend time on your phone, not like it's swung so far of like, technology is everything that people are starting to be like no like we need to go back to like because technology makes life move fast and if you're always moving fast you're stressed you feel like you always like even when you're relaxing like i I find myself doing this i'm driving somewhere it's just we don't we're not late there's nowhere to be on time i'm going like 10 over it's like why am i going 10 over like like that's just default now like i have to be going 10 percent faster because we've got things to do it's like well do you really? Can you not just slow down and enjoy right now? <laughs> like, Me- meanwhile, your music is like 180 beats per minute. <laughs> we know why that, you're I need to crank it up so I can <laughs> slow. I can slow down. <laughs> Denver uh, airport but, traffic controls. <laughs> that slow down. <laughs> he said he's at it again. <laughs> uh, no, but it, it is like slowing down, taking a breath, realizing that. Sometimes, and Tom Bilyeu, one of Evan's friends, says this a lot. He's like, it's the boring things that kill businesses because it's the boring things that build the business. It's once you're so good at something that it's routine, you're like, ah, I don't, what's next? What's the next shiny object? What's the next skill I can learn? But that's like saying, like, oh, well, I've mastered outreach. I don't need to do any more outreach. Like, I need the next skill. It's like, well, if you stop outreach, I don't care how good you are at it your client flow is going to slow down. Like your sales are going to dry up because you're not doing the basic thing. I mean, you have to eat food every day. You Well, frequently at least. Yeah. <laughs> you have to go to the bathroom every day. Like you, there are certain things that you have to do every single day and they're boring, they're basic, but if you don't do them, things start to crumble. And yes, we can have this advantage, but like it's, I think of it like investing. If you really love AI, if you really like some of these new shiny objects, make sure your foundation, your basic, like, all of the things that are boring that you feel like you don't want to do, make sure those are solid at 110%. If they are, okay, cool. Spend five or 10% of your time on the shiny object because everything's solid already. Like, But if you're like, oh, this could give me the edge, this could get my business going, likely you're just the foundation, the basics of your business are lacking severely <laughs> and you're spending all of your precious time on things that aren't actually going to correct the problem anyway. Oh yeah, and it's so easy, especially working... Uh, alone you know i have people that work for content clips that it's just all virtual you know so like working Mm -hmm. alone on something it's so easy like i've created multiple products digital products this year i even created one in like such a short period of time on monday night i like i was like oh let me shut my computer i was like what podcast hotline is the podcast hotline.com available Boom, I go secure the domain, 12 bucks on Google domains. I have a whole landing page set up literally in like 30 minutes. It's a whole on-demand, 24-7, productized, I can't say the word, product, productized version of podcast coaching through like okay. a personal channel. The whole yeah. thing that literally had not had that idea Monday afternoon, 
or when I was eating dinner and then like in 30 minutes it was like poof and I'm like there you know and it's yeah. been like that this year it's been funny because it's just like these ideas just poof. but the podcast hotline that's a whole business I can make mm-hmm. <laughs> you yeah. know and it's like I was like well okay we have it now like I got it there it's placeholder someone if the stripe payment links are set up the whole process is like there but that's one of like eight probably that I've made this year which is probably why I got like I don't have I have a bunch of tattoos but like on my arms I only have one tattoo which is there you go it's a stand target target. yeah Um, just because it's uh, just a good reminder yeah on one of my clients talks about you know he's the first thing that you should do is practice one skill one thing until you're making 250k a year he's like after that you can branch off but if you haven't made 250k in a year from one skill you haven't maximized that skill yet you haven't learned how to leverage that yet and you haven't learned the lessons you need to to make more than that and so it's and i i do the same thing i'm like oh like oh i could do this we could do that like evan when he invested in my business like here's the model here's how we charge people here's how we do things okay cool like because that's something i was always thinking about it's like okay mental load just like huge mental load off but then i'm like well why do we do it that way why can't we change this why can't we change like and i still wanted to play with a model that he's already proven out multiple times it already works like it took me a while to find like okay if the model works leave it alone what are the things i need to do as a foundation to build the clientele and right now the things i'm struggling with as far as like the boring things i have to do is outreach i don't love to do outreach it's kind of monotonous and there's multiple ways to do it one is high volume one is high touch like that's just there's a lot of things they can do, but I get, I start getting overthinking on that. Like, oh, I could optimize it this way. Oh, I could, I could have AI help somehow. I could like, there's, there's a lot of things, but it's like, no, what has worked is very high touch. It's very time consuming. Well, it's not actually time consuming. It's time consuming relative to reaching out to a lot of other people. Like I could send a hundred emails in relatively short amount of time. If it was not customized, this is like sending a 10 minute video per outreach, which is a lot more time for, for one outreach. But that's what actually works. I sent one yesterday, person viewed it immediately, booked a call for tomorrow. Like it's, it works. It's boring. I don't love doing it, but that's the basic, like if I had that unlock and I did that every single day, my business would grow and I would have a waiting list rather than a few slots open. Like it's it just being okay, being bored. And I think the problem with all the technology we have, all this social media, want these dopamine hits and so we want the shiny objects we want the new thing instead of like back in the day it was hey and i could i don't know i could ever do this but it's like oh i'm gonna go to the job that i hate and i'm gonna do my work for eight or ten hours and i'm gonna come home like and i'm gonna do it every single day for 60 years like (laughs) i don't think you should do that but we need to be okay being bored like it it sucks but it works yeah and do you think it has something to do with the reason why we get into entrepreneurship in the first place because you know, for me, I'm like creative. I love freedom. I love expressing. I love creating content, all that stuff. And when I think of like jobs that I've had in the past, like I do not fit good in the like corporate environment. Uh, it's just, you know, I, I, I held a job at Walgreens in the photo department because I was like, I'm going to develop photos. It's going to be like creative. <laughs> yeah. And then they were like, we also need you to help at the uh, checkout in the front. And I was like, I can't do I'm going. I literally just was so close to a mental breakdown. I made it two weeks. And <laughs> like that was like right after high school. And uh, yeah. but then I got a job at Barnes and Noble and it felt like way more freeing. They were just relaxed. I could like, you know, 
talk about books and it was just open with entrepreneurship. It seems like for me, it's like, there's this freedom that I desire, but then there's like what actually needs to happen. And I get tasks done, you know, I'm disciplined in that way, but there's like, there's always this pulling energy of like that entrepreneur, kind of like the e-myth talks about of just being in the entrepreneur, that visionary and bouncing between the two is like a skill in itself, you know, like sitting down and recording out, you know, outreach and writing emails and things like that is like, you could probably do it while you're listening to music uh, if you're not recording something, but it's not like, doesn't require the same, you know, in the clouds kind of thinking of like, how could I do this? Um, do you think, do you have a, like a script that you follow when you do outreach? How do you do it? Yeah. So for outreach, I have, I created a list of the top 100 podcasts in like five different genres and I had a, uh, a virtual assistant go through and find their YouTube channels, how many subscribers they have and contact information. That's so a chat GPT task, that. by the way. That's uh, yeah. <laughs> I was going to say that one. See that one. I could like, if, if I could figure out how to do chat GPT for that, I think that's perfect. That doesn't I could need show soul. You. I just need data. Okay. You, I can show you. Oh take like gosh, you're going to save me seconds. so much time. <laughs> 30 seconds. <laughs> I can show you stuff that'll, that'll blow your mind, Zach. And it blows my mind and it just live in crippling anxiety. No, I just, this is just like, whoa, this is, then you get like, I could do anything all right now. Like, yeah. like, oh. Wait, okay, sorry. okay. Okay. So note, I, I need help with that after the podcast. Yeah, I'll show you. Um, but the thing that there's a few things like I, we send three big ideas. There's a few things that almost every single podcast on YouTube is not doing right. And if they are, if they have some of the elements, they're doing it poorly. Like I, I will reach out to channels with hundreds of thousands of subscribers. And for context, if you have 100,000 subscribers, you're in the top like 0.1% of all channels on planet Earth. So this is like top 0.1% plus and they're still not doing this well. And so I'll go through, I do share this, before I was analyzing their channel, analyzing the videos, I'm like, this pattern just popped up. I'm like, these three things are wrong with pretty much every channel, so that's what I share because nobody gets it right. Um, so it is, there's a format, but I have to look at their, so for example, big idea number one's thumbnails. I have to look at their thumbnails and see how close they are to the template that we've tested. I mean, on Evan's channel, we've tested it 30,000 plus times. Across all of our clients, I don't even know what it is, like 60, 80,000 plus times. But there's a template that time and time again has won. Every single client we bring on, that's the first template that we use because it just works. Um, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to explain that compared to theirs, why that's important, what thumbnails do briefly, because they do a lot of things, but there's two big things to do. So I have this format that I go through and I can, I double check the videos for like 30 seconds before to make sure they're not just knocking out of the park. Like, um, I sent a video to um, Stephen Bartlett and his coming soon, his trailer, that's the idea number two that I usually share, his demolish like most channels. Like he's able to keep people's attention for 90 seconds and I don't usually recommend longer than 60. Like he just freaking kills it. So if I went on, it was like, oh, actually you, you do this really well. Never mind. Like, so I just want to double check and make sure there's not these outliers. He's the only one I've ever sent a message to that was absolutely crushing that. Um, How do you can things, see but... his retention rate? No. Um, so I know what works and I know what Got doesn't it. work. And yeah. so just viewing the video and that's, that's the thing we're talking about. Like not to that soul, but that is experience that AI can't. Totally. No. Oh, totally. And so it's like, 
Okay, cool. Yeah. I can look at that. Cool. You're doing this well. You're not doing this well. And so I go through that. And then at the end, it's basically like, hey, I'd love to hop on a call and dive into any of these ideas with you. I just want to see you win. I'm not pitching them on a paid anything. Like my pitch is a one hour free call with me that I treat like you paid me. I'm not holding anything back. If I just help you and you start growing this year, great. If it's just goodwill, great. If you're like, like one of my clients at the end of the video or the hour long call is like, so where's the pitch? Like what pitch? Like, well, how do I work with you? Like, well, here's how we normally work with people. It's like, Okay, what do I have to pay you to work with you? Dude, I want to work with yeah. you. I'm like, oh, okay, cool, let's do it. Like he's pitching me. Yeah. And that comes because I just I want to help. I want to share. And the format that I use for this outreach works a lot better. Before I was asking, hey, can I send you a video? And this mm-hmm. is I'm just doing the work up front. These are very busy people. They have more money than time. And so if I can share eight to ten minutes, five to ten minutes of really, really good value. And they see like, hey, this can actually really work. This dude's, where did he come from? <laughs> yeah. Never heard of him before. Yeah, um, and I can hop on a call and give him all the value. So, and there's like that thought process. I don't know why. Maybe because I haven't eaten breakfast yet. But uh, I usually eat it like later. Um, but it, I was thinking of an analogy. An analogy popped in my head of like how what you're doing, and then also kind of what we've been talking about. It reminds me of like the difference is if I bought like a barbie a frozen barbecue meal from. Uh, the grocery store versus like going to, you know, one of the most popular joints in Austin, Texas, you know, like, and I go there and it's been like roasted for hours uh, or smoked for hours and, and you get it and it's just like so good. And you're like, this isn't even the same thing that I would pop in a microwave. Like these are just two totally different meals. It reminds me of like, it just, it's so night and day difference. Like what you're providing, there's, you know, so many apps and speaking of ai they are incorporating these ai tools but like say vidiq for example awesome tool we're super cool and like they're like uh, ai you know integrated and all that we can tell you like how to improve and stats and things like that but that is like the microwave version of what you would provide you know um it's just so night and day difference also customized to like really knowing and, and understanding in a deep a deep understanding of the specific needs versus like a general understanding of everybody's needs. Like I think most YouTubers want this, but that's so different than the people you're talking to. Right. Yeah, absolutely. And something that Evan's brought up a lot in me growing into, you know, being this, being at the world-class level, because I, I was, I was already working with fortune 500 companies and agencies. Like before Evan, I was already working with fairly big names, but the level of understanding I'm at now is totally different ball game. But, um, I would be confused because I had a pretty good client and they shut off services. I was like, I don't get it. We've tripled AdSense, literally going from like 4K a month to 12K a month to five or six months. Like just crazy things, crazy awesome results. And he's like, people don't care so much about the result as they care about how they feel about the result. So you can have a lesser result, but if they feel like things are just going well, that you're on their team, like you're really killing it for them then they'll be great. You could have double the result and they feel like you're kind of taking advantage of them and they don't care. They don't want to hire you because they feel they don't feel like they can trust you. And so even if you could pop in chat GPT, like build me a YouTube channel with a million subscribers and like could do it, like how they feel about what it's doing. It's like, oh, well, if it can do this, can it like, it can just destroy it. It can just take it away. Like, how can I trust that? Like, it's that feeling. It's, it's the human element. Um, That's such a great point. Like that. Yeah, no, go for it. Uh, like with content clips, like I feel like that 
I learned that pretty quickly of like, so some clients I was like, I'm like in it, you know, I'm involved as much as I could be, um, to help them in the capacity that I could, right? Like if it's in my scope of work, if it falls outside of that, I'm just like, I could give them, you know, suggestions on directions they should go. Um, or if there was like a better service that fit for them. But one of the things I noticed was like clients that were paying me, uh, uh, some still are paying me like the most, they, don't reply to like many emails they are like so hands-off they're just so happy they're just like you they're like glowing but i'm like we can make these better you know like this isn't to my standard like it is to my standards but like i want to make these better you know and they'll just be like yeah they're great enough and i'm like so they're happy with it you know and i just like have to remind myself like all right you know what that's cool like as long as they're happy and it's not like we're giving them less quality of work but they are just like, no, this is good. Like we don't, maybe someday in the future we'll like spend more time on that, but like whatever, just keep doing what you should doing. And they're happy and they feel good. And as long as they feel good, I should feel good, right? (laughs) Yeah. 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 And and I think that's a huge thing is you realizing your needs are not their needs and their needs aren't your needs. And so as long as you're fulfilling that, it's, you're you're doing what you should be. Um, But you, you started asking a question earlier just about like, why we go into entrepreneurship and like all the things that, I mean, maybe it's the the creative. I don't, we kind of got on that tangent after that, but um, an analogy came to my mind where I feel like entrepreneurship is like being a parent. It's like fatherhood where there's a lot of things you could do. There's a lot of ways to do it. You don't, you don't get a manual on how to be a good father. You don't get a manual on how to be a good entrepreneur. You have people who have done it and you can learn from, but you don't get a manual and you don't get you know, the rule book, so to speak, on how to do it. But again, there's basic things. Like if your child knows, if I pick up a glass off the table and throw it on the ground, I'm going to end up in timeout or whatever, whatever it is. Like parenting techniques are all different. So it's like, hey, but if they know this is the consequence of what this happens and it's consistent, it's boring for you. Like you're you're trying to make sure they learn the lesson. But if there's a consistent consequence, there's consistent things that happen. There's these basics of, hey, we eat dinner at this time. Hey, we don't watch TV when we eat dinner. Like it's these boring things that you do over and over and over again. You build them into, you know, responsible young adults and eventually responsible adults that don't need you, which is kind of your job. Like (laughs) you need to get them to the point where they can adult themselves. And in your business, it's the same where you have to do these basic boring tasks over and over and over and make sure the business can grow. And I mean, depending on what you want, like if you want to be the technician, if you want to be in the business where if you're removed, the business crumbles. I don't think that's the greatest thing. You need to build a business in a way that it could live on without you, but also that you're still personally fulfilled. You started it for a reason. You built it for a reason. And so maybe creating content is the thing that creatively fulfills you and allows you to be okay with running the boring side of the business. Maybe like there's something that you got into this doing that you love, do it and don't get paid for it anymore. Like you just, it gets to be your hobby now. Like you get to remove it from the business and do it how you want, when you want, not worrying about what the clients think. You just, it gets to be your creative personal fulfillment. And while you're also running a successful business that's scaling faster than you're learning and growing because you've built it in a way that's, it's somewhat detached from you. You have people working under you that can help you. And I don't know that, I feel like that analogy fits, but that just came to mind when you were chatting through that. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And and for me, like I'm not a video editor, like my experience is not in video editing, I have experience making like short videos. So I guess I do 
have that, but I don't see myself as like a video editor. But yeah, and and that's kind of something from the beginning. Like, I don't want to be a, the best video editor. I don't want to be an editor. You know, that's why I get editors to do that. But I'm like, okay, what where I, where can I be in the seat that moves it forward? Because yeah, if it's if it's dependent on me, then there's just going to be bottlenecks along the way. Uh, something like scaling and things like that. Um, I had an idea, but I totally it just it's going to come back to me. I'm sure. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, that makes a lot of sense. And it, it seems too like, what do you want? You know, like, do you want a business that's like, yeah, like, then that's the great thing about entrepreneurship is like, do you, if, if you're a video editor and you want to do that stuff, awesome. Uh, if you're not like me, if you're not like, uh, we wouldn't call yourself a video editor, more just a creative, like awesome. Like get people to edit the videos that need and how they need to be done. Um, one thing that I've done, like, so kind of sharing the struggles, but then also like what I'm doing, um, just so it's not like wallowing in, in the depths of AI <laughs> taking over our <laughs> lives. Uh, so one thing I've <laughs> done is, um, besides coming to the, um, conclusion that we already talked about of like, you know, it can't be replaced. Um, you can't, it's just not, it's a, it's a comparison, but it's not the right comparison to think like AI is doing what I'm, I'm doing through the service of content clips. So what I did was, uh, charge more, like instead of, instead of keeping it less because I was like, oh, I want to make content clips, uh, cheaper and scale it, like have more people. Cause it's not dependent on me. Like I can just scale it. I have a whole backend system of keeping everything organized. I could just charge a little bit less, not not like, uh, like I started out that way, you know, like I started out like charging a little bit less great for the time being, but as things like progress and I, as I watch AI, cause when I started it just like eight months ago, ChatGPT wasn't a thing. And so now that it's, uh, kind of here and there's like these apps, it's like kind of like what you do in a way, but it's like, let's go higher. Like how can I serve a different level of client because the needs are different. And if someone can't afford that, great. Like there's these AI alternatives that like can get you, excuse me, hopefully get you to the point where one day you then need my services uh, because, you know, you can see that there's a difference there. Um, and so it was like, let's go more custom and more expensive is is yeah. my thought process there. No, and I like that a lot. And I've thought about like I could create a course helping people kind of do the basics of what you do on YouTube, but Evan already kind of has that. Like he has a couple of groups that he runs and it's like, okay, well, if somebody really needs that and they can't afford me, I'll send them over there. They don't need high touch. They don't, that's, it's like ordering custom furniture or ordering like some people love it. Like that is exactly what they want. They are willing to pay for exactly what they want. Other people, it's like, I can't afford custom furniture. It's like, okay, that's fine. We just, you're not our customer then. That's yeah, it's, it's not like it's not personal good or bad. It's not like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you still like, help them. You still are putting out content that can help them for free. Yeah. And it's like, cool. Like my product is not your product. That's that's fine. So my content hopefully helps for free. But I don't I don't if I'm going to build a course around helping beginners or intermediates, then my content also needs to build like it becomes an entire business in and of itself, even though it seems like it's the same thing, it's very much not. Like it, it just isn't at all. It's like the difference between, you know, you buying my personal hand painted, you know, works of art or me running a print shop, printing out photos and you buy like, it's, it's so totally different. different. Yeah. Um, I, so, but I it, yeah. heard this great quote from, uh, Hermosi, like a couple days ago on a podcast, he 
did of talking about like his inf- educational products for the companies that he has with acquisition. And he said something just about how like the lifetime value of a customer is low if it's just like educational products like courses because once they learn it they don't value it the same as they did like yesterday because mm-hmm. once they got it's like and it's so true like once you've learned something you're not like i want to keep paying for this knowledge i have it's like you learned it you move on and it feels like content does that where we're like i learned it cool move on what's next and like with if it's just purely like an educational you know thing to keep that going and like scaling that seems like it just would take so much more work. Um, and I found that to be true with podcast Academy itself. Like if I, if I wanted to make it like a scalable thing, which to me is like monthly reoccurring revenue, not like a one-time payment thing, you know, Mm -hmm. and to do that, I had to offer some like reason to keep people in it. So offering like my mentorship and direct, you know, uh, every month being in there. And I'm like, I can't do that right now. So I was like, let's just switch it to a one-time payment, Um, which I just thought that was interesting. Like once you learn it, you don't value it the same. Like, "Hmm." well, because, and that is, I've had a couple of clients like stop consulting services really fast. And it's always boggled my mind. It's like revenues going up, views are going up, subscribers are going up, but you feel like because things are going well that you don't need it anymore. It's like, there's so much more. Like that's like, Michael Jordan being like, Hey, shots are going well. I don't need a coach anymore. It's like, yeah. What? Like, yeah. <laughs> like, it, yeah. Huh? Yeah. Like the or the like, greats don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, I've had content clips clients do that too. Or like, uh, they will pay for them and then not post them. Okay. And then I'm like, what? Like, and then I'll look, uh, and then they'll post like ones they edited. So it's like, it's, I can only make assumptions cause I'm not like talking to them about this, but it's like, there's this idea of I could make it better or mm-hmm. I don't know what exactly it is, but they're like, I would rather spend hours making this thing I, I've already paid you to do. And you've said that like you love them and you can revise them if you want, but you have no revisions. And then you spend time making your own, like yeah. people, are, it's interesting. Like it's not so cut and dry. Like you'd think, you know? Mm-hmm. My conclusion there is clients like that are not, for me, not the right clients. It's like, yeah. hey, if oh, totally. if you don't trust what we're doing, if we, I mean, yeah. we're getting you the results. So I don't, I don't know what what <laughs> it, it, it's how you feel about the results. That's not the <laughs> totally. results, but totally. it's like ongoing people that realize I need to get incrementally better every single week, every single month, and I'm okay with like they're already world class, like they're yeah. already up there. So it's like okay, we're improving on what you've taken years to do. So progress is going to be slow, but it's going to be consistent. It's going to be steady. It's going to continually go up. Sometimes it is fast. Like I had one client that we took their, so AdSense is when you get paid for views on YouTube. We took their AdSense from, I think it was like nine or 10,000 a month to like 33,000 per month um, in like two or three months. (laughs) Like just- super fast so so fast and it's awesome like it's great they shut off real quick which confused me um (laughs) yes that that's what blew my mind i was like okay going from 4k a month to 12k a month maybe it did take us like six months so it's like okay i i sort of get that not really but when you go from 10k ish to 30k plus and you're still like okay i'm good things are going well i'm like okay this is not about results there's there's other things at play here my yeah 
you know, ASD and it could be brains, something like uh, nothing to do with you. Like, you yeah. know, another part of their business, but like, yeah. But as the provider, you're like, everything's going like, great. What? Like this is, yeah. Will you double down on it? If anything? <laughs> yes, seriously. Well, and that was last month for me. I had a few clients drop, which is not normal for me. And it was just like fire after fire after fire. I'm like, what is going on? But it, it wasn't me. One person is selling their business. Another person is, you know, trying to replace their role and they don't have time. Like there's things going on there. Another, like another one is literally building another business. Like it's all things don't have to do with me, but they just all happen to coincide in the same month. And I was like, what am I doing wrong? It's like, it, sometimes it's not you, even when it feels like it's you. Sometimes it's not you. Sometimes it is. I do think you should have extreme ownership of that. And like, Hey, some part of this was my fault. What can I learn here? Not beat yourself over and like, oh, I could have changed it. It could have been different. It's like, sometimes it really can't. But what could I have done better to kind of be more aware of the signs that something like this was coming or make it so that this is an irreplaceable part of their business, regardless of what's going on? Like, there's always something to learn. I think you need to take responsibility and ownership of the learning, not yeah. so much the result. Totally. Yeah. That feels like something that is. Uh, for me, a con I keep saying for me, cause I like, it's so easy to be like for other people or to like give advice or something. But for me, it's like constantly trying to remind myself of like, what's mine here? You know, like there's so much in a business with content lips. It's like, there's so much in things going on. Like I'm not there when they're recording, you know, the podcast that I can't control the content of what's being given to me or the footage or the, any issues. And, you know, it's like, Hmm. But then if something, you know, wasn't to perform well or they're like this is not you know high quality or something and it's like because you gave it to me in like 540 you know like <laughs> it's 720 you know resolution <laughs> I, I can't scale this up to 4k without it looking bad yeah. uh, <laughs> um you know i can only do what i can do um to because i know we gotta to wrap like what uh maybe you already said it but just to like make it explicit in my mind um what are you doing with what you're you're kind of struggling with yeah i think the big part is building a habit of doing the boring things i brought it up a couple of times that outreach is like i did a lot of outreach and i onboarded a lot of clients really fast and i was like fast and furious and i'm like i don't know if i can keep up with this and i stopped the outreach because of that and it took a few weeks to months to really show the results of that but when those clients dropped off it's like oh, okay i have spots open I'm like i don't have any irons in the fire i don't have any anything like things are just dying and I could have had a slow burning flame and some things ready to go. And so now I'm making it a habit that I can keep pace with right now. I need to do a lot of outreach. Um, I don't need to do a lot, but I need to do more outreach than I normally would. But instead I'm saying, no, what's, what's something I can do every single day? What's something I keep consistent. And so that's the level of outreach. I'm just, I'm just going to do every day that I work, keep that consistent. So that way, when things do get crazy busy, I'm still able to maintain that. Um, I might ramp it up just a little bit and just understand what my acceptable level is. But having that habit of every single day, I'm doing that boring thing that I, I don't don't want to do. I love that. I love that. This was a great uh, first kind of episode like this. Or I mean, I thought it was great, you know, biased, but yeah. 
Uh, it was no, super fun that. chatting with you. <laughs> super fun chatting with you, and uh, I look forward to more. Well, I hope you enjoyed today's show. If you haven't already listened to some of the past episodes, I wanted to give you a couple of options. So here are a couple of guest episodes that you might like. On episode one, we learned how Sev grew to 1.1 million followers on TikTok. Episode three, how to make money streaming on Amazon Live. Episode five, we learned how Chris Doe grew to 2 million subscribers and what he would do if he were starting over in 2022. Episode seven is how an 18-year-old built a five-figure-a-month business on TikTok. And episode nine is how to grow and monetize your podcast. I hope Hope one of those sounded interesting to you. If they did, I'll see you in the next episode. If not, make sure to go to the show notes and connect with me on LinkedIn and let me know who my next guest should be.